it's the best thing anyone ever said. <laughs> Welcome to Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburne in Washington with my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace in New York. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? Hello, hello, hello. I'm well. Good. We are both renegades from corporate media, and we report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests, we have lots of evidence of that. But we also want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world so that you can see life is not random. It's part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles point to there being a greater consciousness, a larger intelligence, something more awesome than we tiny, but we are amazing human beings could ever be. Even if we don't understand it all, there's something out there. And actually, you know what, all of this chaotic, scary stuff, it's not everything that there is. It's just right now. Anyway, most importantly, we want to encourage you to participate in whatever it is that this universe of ours, this beautiful universe of ours has in store. So that being said, I'm going to say more about that in a minute, but um, I want to just let everybody know that on this episode, we are going to review some key planetary transits in the weeks to come. And we're going to talk about what is happening cosmically that is impacting events in Russia, Ukraine, and the U.S. Anything you want to add, Elizabeth? No. Okay, then get ready because I'm about to say a lot more. <laughs> I would like to ask you, the listener, to consider becoming a material supporter of our podcast. Because for one thing, we'd like to hire a producer who is way more skilled than I am. And you can help make that possible by becoming a supporter of Ensold, E-N-S-O-U-L-E-D, dot substack, dot com. That is where Off the Charts lives. Off the Charts, a stellar newscast is part of Ensold, the Journal of Cultural Astronomy. And we'd love to have whatever it is that you are willing to, to put our way. It would really help us. Our mission is to demonstrate to you why and how America is neck deep in an existential crisis. And there is actually something that you can do about that. And it's you, especially you out there, you listener, who might be feeling anxious and fearful and that random things are happening and that life has no meaning that we're really addressing this to. Okay, and here comes my big speech, Elizabeth. Okay. For a long time now, as, as, a, as a former reporter and then as someone who has been publishing um, on the Substack platform, a different publication called Documental, Mapping the American States of Mind, it's been my terrain to explore whether we are facing an existential crisis with a lack of meaning or if we live in an ensouled universe. When we talk about a capitalist society, we're talking about capital, the head. And media is intended to focus our attention on the head. Pay attention to the head, to the top, what's up there. And that leads to them capturing our attention, focusing it on that head, and doing two things. Addicting us to the adrenaline of FOMO. Who wins? Who loses? As Elizabeth pointed out to us on the very first episode. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? 
And then we're encouraged to take sides because if we're not going to actually care about rooting for one side or another, then why bother? We're not going to feel that, that fear of missing out that they need us to feel so that they can continue to aggregate our attention and sell it. So how do they make us take a side? Well, they, they present things to us as either you're a winner or a loser. You have, to, you have to identify with characters in a story. And that's what they're doing. That's why in the news they say, our first story tonight. Not, here's a bit of news. Here's our first story tonight. We're going to tell you a story. now. Our cuddle. top story. Cuddle up with your blankie. Get your little drinky. We're going to tell you a story. But when you identify with a particular character, then you get separated from all the others. And when you're separated, it's easier to control you. And, you know, people say, do you really think that the people are really deliberately doing this sometimes? I don't think that it really even occurs to the people who work in networks that this is what's happening. So, no. But at a certain level, as Elizabeth talked about, yes, absolutely. This is the way the psychology of the media works, corporate media anyway. And what happens when you're detached and separated from everything around you, you end up losing the sense of community. And you know what? This goes back to slavery. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for the show. One of the ways that slaves were demoralized was they were removed from their families and their spiritual communities. And they felt separate and alone. And when you are constantly barraged with the idea that you have to pick a side, here are the winners, here are the losers, you know, you start to lose contact with what's around you. And it just reinforces this kind of linear hierarchy. All right. There has to be a story that keeps us from trying to peek over the wall that connects us to other people. Otherwise, they can't keep our attention and sell it. And that's how they've been making their money in corporate media. And that's how everyone else around them and that supports the media make their money. So the news is, however, to whatever extent that they know that they're doing it, it's designed to tell us stories that just reinforce our separateness. And it's no different at Fox than it is from MSNBC. It really isn't. It's just a question of which brand do you identify with? And that's the brand we're going to keep selling you. I was watching Jon Stewart recently, uh, his new show. And he, he presented something that echoed uh, a guest I had on my podcast at, at a documental a couple of years ago. The recycling and the reduce your carbon footprint, all of that information that you see repeated in the, in the media over and over and over again, Guess where that was generated? BP, British Petroleum. That is, that is a ploy by the petroleum industry who creates over 90% of all of our carbon emissions. They're responsible for that level of the carbon that they're telling us to reduce. And the reason why they do it is to make us feel responsible for what's happening. And I had a, an interview with somebody on my show a couple of years ago um, I'll reference it in the show notes, who talked about mindfulness. Corporations got us, they, the ones that sponsor all of these mindfulness programs, it's just to stop us from actually saying, well, why am I working over 40 hours a week and not getting enough pay and not enough vacation time anyway? Instead, they point to, well, you're just, you're stressed out because you're not practicing enough mindfulness. The news can be manipulated into supporting these storylines, these narratives that are actually against our best interests. Because the news is where you hear that over and over again. Oh, you must recycle. Oh, you must reduce your carbon footprint. But it's right. I actually believe that what we are doing here, Elizabeth and I with Off the Charts, is we're helping provide a solution to this kind of mind screw that I just described to you. And believe me, there are so many other examples of this, in part because the media, they're not 
they're not all dumb, but there are a lot of them who just don't scratch the surface and they don't, they're not paid to scratch the surface, they're paid to parrot. So the solution ultimately that we are in support of is for you to create new stories, new ways of identifying yourself in relationship to one another, not winners and losers, not the one who is to blame for the carbon footprint you were not presented with other alternatives to. There are other alternatives. Your point about um, BP and this awareness of how carbon, the carbon fossil fuel industry, how we are becoming even more aware of their efforts to control their dominance in the world market, the essence of their survival, our dependency on their product, the fact that they sponsor corporate media outlets. And so you have to pay attention to that whenever you're consuming a, a commercial news broadcast and think, well, whose advertising dollars are backing this broadcast? You know, if you have to question whether there might be some, some influence. But the fact that we are thinking so intensely about carbon and oil is, an astro is related to planetary patterns. There is, a, you know, we are at in our journey on spaceship Earth, we are at the end of a period that's been in effect since 2008, where we expect transformation and breakdowns and extremes in matters related to power, literal power sources, particularly those that are related to the earth. Oil comes out of the earth, right? Coal comes out of the earth. This is another. And so we are in a period now for the next couple of years where we're going to be seeing these intense extremes of breakdown and, and with these industries keenly aware that they are at a crisis point and what extremes might they go to to maintain their control, even though we can see in the planetary patterns that that era is passing. Right. And this transit that you're speaking of is Pluto. Pluto um, and Capricorn. Yeah, let's right, give it a yeah. name. I mean, like, yeah, we can always be careful about the jargon because you're like, and then the minute I say Pluto and Capricorn, it's like I said something in Japanese or something and you, and you, you get pulled out of the, the conversation and start challenging. You what know, you I, I totally disagree with you on that. If we went too far with it, yeah. But part of the reason if we why went people, too far with it, yeah. Because yeah, people really do want to know what we're talking about and they do expect that we will name things astrologically and then explain them. So I, yes. I'm... I don't want to be too obtuse about it. Right. But anyway, that was a fascinating point that you brought up about, about that BP was driving the whole recycling yeah. thing. And, and yes, I, I am aware that, you know, our efforts to recycle are, I mean, this is like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. This is not the source of the problem. The source of the problem is that we are dependent upon this fossil dinosaur yeah. literal well, dinosaur you know yeah. capricorn yeah. refers to bones energy resource and pluto is deep what's deep what's deep 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 within the earth and among other things but that is one thing pluto refers to i mean you're making a good point and you're also leading me to the next point i was going to make which I'm, is i am a natural born segue <laughs> <laughs> 
how do we apply what we're doing here as a solution? And I was going to suggest that instead of reforming our corporate policies, reforming our politics and reforming and all of that sort of Capricornian obsession of reform the status quo and just stick with the status quo and give it a new name. Just admit the systems don't work anymore. The systems are based on a completely hierarchical paradigm that whether or not you like it is, is leaving us. It's, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable in the least. It's focused on the capital, on the head, on the tippy top. And look, I'm not bashing capital. I'm asking you to please part with a little bit of it so that it can help us produce this. But I'm also aware that a new application of capitalism in this current moment of war is actually helping contain the war. The way that we are withdrawing our money, our capital, our attention from Russia is helping keep that contained, keep that conflict contained. So there are new ways to apply our use of capital and capitalism can be used in a new paradigm. But if we keep insisting that it's through the hierarchy, through the separation, it will continue to lead us to our extinction. It is the driver of our existential crises where we feel as though life has no meaning because we are separate. It keeps us separate in so many different ways. Now, to, now to your point about this review of the power of capital, there is an astrological pattern that we have just experienced that reflects this transformation and the way our policymakers are, and some of our corporations as well are approaching what they value. Okay, so the pattern that, that we've just come out of was involved Pluto, which we talked about, you know, transformation and extremes in power in Capricorn, Venus is the planet in the language of astrology that refers to who and what and how we need to love. So our money, what do we value? Now, from our perspective on planet Earth, all of the planets, except for the sun and moon, appear to move backwards at varying points in their cycle. Venus, the, the technical term is retrograde, appears to be moving backwards from our perspective. And, and the way astrology can be used to reflect synchronicity between the cycles we see in the sky and what's going on around us is astrologers have observed that our interpretation of these cycles above do reflect, the meaning that we give to the cycles above do reflect life events through space and time. And if you don't believe us, book an appointment with an astrologer, you got two of them right here, and see how that has happened in your own life. Okay, mm -hmm. but back to Venus and, and Pluto. So Venus went retrograde in mid-December, I think it was on December 19th, that it turned retrograde in Capricorn, the establishment, government structures, power and resources, especially those tied to underground and in the earth because it's in Capricorn. And so Venus was moving backwards in the sky, you know, from our perspective, all through January and the end of December, giving us an opportunity to review our mm -hmm. values mm -hmm. and our money. Mm -hmm. 
You know, put your money where your mouth is. And it is absolutely fascinating. And as Venus did this, it was moving in tandem with Pluto. And there were three connections between these two planets when we draw it out on paper. That's our reference point. Three contacts, which made this particular review of values extreme. Mm -hmm. And so it has been fascinating to see how after going through that process, they immediately stepped in, in their dealings with Russia. And they were like, okay, you are going to pay through your money. We're, we're going to sacrifice our business and our profits because there's something that we value even more. And this is stunning and significant and hopeful. Well, and not just because they personally, you know, have the corporate responsibility officer saying this is against our values. It's really also because you and me and others like us are saying uh, we don't really want our money to go to you if you're going to be using it to do business with Russia. So it's not just simply that their hearts are full of morality and goodness and care for the Ukrainian people. It's also we are voting with the collective values of change. Thank you for um, illuminating that transit about um, that we just experienced with Venus going through um, Capricorn. And when you were talking about she went retrograde or appeared to go retrograde, you know, she did come back through. She has turned direct and she has passed back over Saturn and um, Pluto. And she's she's uh, she's partying and riding with Saturn again, actually. And then also Mars. So, you know, all of this means that it wasn't just for a day like, oh, today we're going to review our values. No, it was we've reviewed our values and now we're moving forward with a completely different perspective on our values, which brings me back to the point that I was going to make, which is, you know, the more that that we are separated, the more that media just participates in keeping us separated from one another and our attention trained only on the capital, only on the money, aggregating our attention away from ourselves, occupying our minds with thoughts of who's winning, who's losing, what side am I on, what brand am I a part of? The more that happens, the more we will continue to continue to experience an existential crisis because it is leading us to the natural end of what happens when you are linear and, and completely separated from things. And that's extinction. And that's where we are. We are actually experiencing an existential crisis on the planet of our own design. Yeah. So, yeah. so the criticisms that uh, I've gotten a few criticisms sent to me and just and also some really heartfelt questions about like, how come you believe this? Why do you really believe in astrology? And I go, OK, well, let me tell you, <laughs> that's kind of pretty much what I've just been doing. The alternative to not believing it is, is that I participate in a dead paradigm that is nihilistic and is bringing us to the brink of destruction and will eventually destroy us if we continue to cling to it. But I don't believe that that is the only option we have. And I don't believe that if you are listening and you continue to listen, you believe that's the only option you have. And it isn't. Because if we're going to evolve, you have to calmly face the future. And if you are feeling that it is an existential crisis that you are facing, you are less likely to do so in a calm manner. But if you can look at the future and say, you know what, I can handle this because I am participating in it. To whatever extent I feel I can participate in it. I am aware of the trends that that Elizabeth and Whitney are telling me are headed my way. They are, the, the stars are impelling us to pay attention to certain trends that we can choose to navigate. Feel as though, at least with the sense of there's a map of what's out there, that it isn't random and we can derive new meaning from these things. We can ascribe meaning that we want to ascribe to it in ways that connect us to other people, other ideas, other hopes. 
knowing about these patterns in, in advance can be helpful in managing your stress levels and your coping strategies. Yeah. I just want to keep reemphasizing the stars are not making us do anything. They're not, they're not making us do anything, but they do, but they do, but for some reason they reflect. And so let me explain how knowing that there was a pattern coming up was able to help people cope with some events that happened that were unsettling. So on March 3rd, around that day, just after the new moon on March 2nd, we had Venus, which we've talked about, our values, and Mars, which is the energy of action and aggression and assertion. It's associated with courage, but also war and weaponry and attacks. And those three planets collided on paper. They all met up at the same place in the same time on March 3rd. So I was telling my readers in advance, and I also think said it here on this forecast, that we could expect some brutal attacks along with other strong displays of courage and action. But there was an attack potential here. And because Pluto was involved, Pluto, you think about things that Pluto rules, Pluto rules plutonium, you know, Uranus also is tied to nuclear things that rules uranium. So, and Pluto can be associated with radioactivity. So when you have Mars conjunct, you know, in, in a challenging aspect with, with Pluto, you, you know that the potential for brutal action or violence involving power is up. And that was the night that there was a fire that broke out at the largest nuclear power plant mm -hmm. in Europe, which is situated in Ukraine. And so fortunately, the most supercharged pattern of that week was happening on that night. So my sense was that if, it, if nothing blew up then, you know, we'd probably be good until Saturday and then we have another little blip. But since things didn't blow up, then it would be okay. And it, and it sort of, and it was, although what it did was it raised everybody's awareness of the stakes. But my readers were saying, you know what? Because I had been advised that there was this potential explosive action. The way I responded to this news, I didn't go into mass hysteria mode. I was like, that's what she was talking about. And they weren't knocked off center. We're not saying this will happen. And that is going back to my point that I'm making in my impassioned plea here. We are pointing to there is a universal intelligence. There are intelligent things that are fitting together. And if we just stop being in our little slots that we've been put in, we can start to at least step back and say there are patterns and cycles. There are cycles and something reaching from the future toward us now. Maybe it's going to be in this particular form. This will be the form that it takes. Maybe I can participate in it. But at the very least, what you can be assured of is it's not random. There is meaning in life. There's, it's not. No, it is definitely not random. Get the things out of your imagination that have been outsourced to the people who want to keep your attention and keep you aggregated and sold. And the access to that doesn't come through a religion. You could be religious. We're not actually interested in religion. We're interested in your mind and helping you take it back 
to fill it with your own imagination that you have is the way you connect to these energies that are out there. We've been told there are our imaginations are to come up with goals. It's so goal oriented, but it's actually a way that we are meant to be in commerce with what's greater than us. And we may never know the full meaning of what's out there. But there is meaning, and that is inspirational to me. There's something out there. And I may never understand it fully, but if I can mediate it by at least being aware of it and paying attention to it, then I'm already dialoguing with it. I'm already a part of it. I'm already letting it happen. And when I am letting it happen through me, then I am not out of control, and I am not hopeless, and I am connected to the future. And I personally, through astrology, have calmed down quite a lot. I don't know if the world ends. I don't, but I don't have to know. Because while I'm here, I'm participating in my life fully and what's around me, and I am connecting. And that just brings such a fulfillment that you don't get when you feel as though life has no meaning. You're just doing what you're told. So this ultimately is our way of helping you reclaim your authority. And through that, you can claim your freedom, and then you can start to claim your place in the future. Even if you don't fully recognize what it is, you can start to actually shape what's to come. We don't have to have people invading other countries. We could find other ways when enough of us wake up to the ways we can use these energies that the stars are signaling are available to us. We don't have the ultimate authority over the cosmos. I've written about that recently too. You know, there is the law of nature that we ultimately must succumb to. Even though hierarchically we have trained ourselves to think survival of the fittest, we must adapt. That is such a conceit. It's only a half truth. It's only a half truth. Yeah, things have to adapt. There is a certain food chain, but that's all within a bigger picture. We're going to kill ourselves and the planet if we continue on this always hierarchically linearly thinking instead of a dominion where we are allowing what we don't understand to work alongside of us where we are working together and collaborating instead of being separate. So much of what you're saying embodies current planetary patterns and the full moon that we have coming up this Friday, Friday at 3.17 a.m. The sun is in Pisces, which needs to work with intangibles and impressions and ideals. That's what it's the energy of of connecting the energy that everybody is one thing. To look at the sun directly, you will go blind. So to understand how to apply whatever is presented to you through the symbolism of the sun, you look at the moon and the sign it's traveling in for an understanding of the needs that are being reflected because the moon reflects your, the, the reigning need of the day. And it's so interesting that you have used words that are actually in, inherent in the, in the symbolism of this moon. You talked about dominion. Pisces sun surrounded by three other planets in Pisces, Mercury, how we need to think, Jupiter, our need for reward and expansion, and Neptune, which is belief, vision, all of the things that you've been talking about, how we can have this vision. We have a lot of agency here opposed by the moon in Virgo, which is earthbound and refers to hammering out the details, discernment, sorting, analyzing, and how are you going to bring this beautiful, lush potential down to earth 
we, we talk about endings. You know, you were talking about, my God, we have the potential to go extinct. Uh, as we are in this week, which is the last week of the astrological year, because the sun is traveling through the very end of Pisces. And Pisces is all about the end on this full moon, Friday and Saturday. We are likely to read stories that feel overwhelmingly despairing because it's like the end of the world. And some people are probably going to check out. This happens every year at this time. There will be some people that are like overwhelmed and they're like, I cannot deal and I'm out of here. But this is an illusion because we live in a cyclical world. Cycles repeat themselves. So on Sunday, after going through this emotional catharsis, realization of the full moon, of trying to bring this vision, what are we going to ground it in? Maybe we've had to let go of all kinds of things in our garden so that new stuff can come in and be lush. We have the, the seeds of, of the new beginning, the start of the astrological new year, the sun enters Aries. It's the first day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere. That's the big potential we have that is reflected in a huge pattern, which is happening on April 12th, which has not happened in like 165 years. I don't remember the exact date, but this is going to be the meetup, the conjunction, that's the technical term of the planet Jupiter, which refers to expansion and, and cosmic justice and, 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 and cosmic and justice and, you know, legal, legal philosophy and, you know, religious dogma is part of it too. Um, travel, publishing, um, Jupiter. So in, it, it's going to meet up with Neptune, which is dissolves whatever it touches. It's faith. It's our belief system. It's also deception and scandal and conspiracies. We're looking at this one particular cycle, Jupiter, Neptune, and Pisces, and seeing this as a huge, this is Jupiter, opportunity for seeds planted about faith, making believe. So the upside potential is we have this incredible vision for unity and harmony and the understanding that we're all connected, you know, connecting to spirit because Neptune refers to spirits of all kinds. So does Pisces, there's empathy. Maybe we're going to have, uh, you know, some understanding and sensitivity for refugees and victims. We're also going to see even more refugees and victims on the planet in the aftermath of this because Jupiter expands everything it touches. That's what it does. That's how it operates in the language of astrology. It's interesting you talk about, um, so people are going to check out because they just feel such despair. And it is a time usually, end of Pisces, moving into the equinox, um, where people feel that kind of exhaustion you know the existential exhaustion gets gets hyper emphasized but that made me think about confirmation bias because like duh people die all the time what you're saying is, is that you'll maybe notice it more or it will come under circumstances that fit this pattern that we're talking about um, but I do think it's important to keep in mind confirmation bias. Have you ever observed that there are events that we're ascribing to certain transits that do occur at other times when those transits aren't happening? I mean, you know, what we do with astro as astrologers is we are looking at cycles in the way that if you have an old fashioned watch, like who has those these days, everything is digital. But if you had an old fashioned watch with, with hand, you know, second hand and a minute hand and you look, oh, you took off the back. You would see all these cogs of different sizes turning as they are marking time. We have all these clocks that we're watching. 
you have the overriding general patterns that drive the day. Every moment is a potential seed planted entity. Everything that is born, everything that incarnates, everything that takes its first breath, no matter what it is, doesn't even have to be a person. It could be a corporation. It could be, it, it could be an event. Takes on, expresses the qualities of that moment in time. The headlines tend to reflect the zeitgeist of the moment, which we can see in the planetary patterns. But everybody and everything has a unique horoscope. They have their own system of timing. And so those, so depending upon your birth chart, you will be responding or reflecting the planetary zeitgeist differently than people who have different clocks. So this is why, yeah, your friend's mother dies, you know, which has nothing to do with endings in the zeitgeist, but in that horoscope of your friend, or maybe your own personal horoscope, you see a potential for, okay, I've got a little appointment here with a meditation on mortality and loss, and this is how it's reflecting in my life. You know, you're talking about um, the, the transit um, that's coming up with Jupiter and Neptune, but I'm also thinking that the great mutation, which we referenced last episode, where we went from having Jupiter and Saturn, who are the slowest planets in the inner solar system. In the, in up, the visible with the naked eye. Yeah, meeting up on um, the winter solstice in Aquarius of 2020. And that was the real big uh, transitory uh, planetary pattern that was remarked upon just before the coronavirus. And, you know, I have often thought that there really was some kind of wordplay involved there, the great mutation. It's, so the great mutation marks a shift that the next 10 meetups, conjunctions, great conjunctions yeah. of Jupiter and Saturn are going to be in air as opposed to Earth, which is was the pattern for the past two So we years. had this mutation that helped bring about all of the things that were going to really catapult us into an air-based perspective, an air-based paradigm where we would be doing things over the internet more and we would be thinking more about protecting the very last resource that I can think of that's the only one that is renewable and that is our mind and our imagination. And so there was this big mutation at the time of the great mutation and Jupiter was involved in that, bringing that new approach to cosmic justice. Now, that could be confirmation bias, but you know what? I don't think so. And the more we do this, the more we get skillful at understanding that this is how new stories, new narratives, new, new myths get created, is we assign the meaning. It's not a random thing. It's not, well, then everything is true. All things are true. No, we are actually pointing to giving meaning to patterns that we are all participating in at some level. That it's is the fascinating thing about astrology because it is a language. It is a symbolic language that has been created by the consciousness of the people who use it. And it evolves as all languages do. You know, the English we speak today is nothing like what was spoken in Shakespeare's time or Chaucer's time right? The language evolves. We have new words, new expressions, nuances, words evolve. They have different meanings. Astrology does this as well. 
So we are creating this language as it reflects our consciousness, which then reflects our life experience. Why does it do this? I, I can tell you how, but I don't know why. I don't really know why either other than there must be something greater than us that we mm. just can't wrap our heads around, but that rather than say, well, it doesn't exist because I don't understand it. Well, guess what? We didn't think that germs existed because we didn't see them. And guess what they do? Yes, <laughs> they do. Intellectual innovation. It's an Aquarius humanitarian networks of information, technology. We are all connected through technology. Downside potential, AI runs rampant. Surveillance systems run rampant because the people who are able to control the information and the data networks will be the people calling the shots as opposed to 200 years with the earth paradigm where it was the people that controlled the stuff, the earth stuff. Jupiter in Pisces with Neptune is not so much the mind, which is, you know, you hope it's rational. There, it should be rational. It's based on factual stuff. Jupiter Neptune in Pisces is belief. That's your imagination. That's your vision. So we have these two seed planting opportunities to connect all of humanity with this vision, this faith, this belief. Instead of trying to conquer the world and have domination over the world, we can realize we're connected. Mm -hmm. Right, to see the divine within each other, to see ourselves in each other, that is the challenge. And that is the what the people who are trying to control all the toys in the world their methodology is to divide us so that we look at people around us as being not us. Mm -hmm. Man, I hope you guys, by the time you hear this podcast, I hope you have put your vision out there because things are sticking, you know, you're serving and getting a return. There's a lot of that going on in the planetary patterns this week for manifestation because things are all moving forward. They're moving fast. Uh, and uh, we have the big, we're, we're at the beginning of these cycles. Yeah, I would also like to say one other thing that I, when you were asking about for people to, uh, to, who, who might be inclined to want to support our podcast for reasons which we explained, we, we would like to hire some help and stuff. And um, we don't have any swag, you know, we don't have a book bag like PBS, but I do have, I do have a Mercury retrograde survival guide bookmark that will last you the entire year. And it will have all the dates of 2022's Mercury retrograde with really useful reminders for to do and don't when Mercury is retrograde so you won't be thrown off track when these things happen. So if anybody uh, follows Whitney's invitation and wants to support us, uh, we will send you, uh, if, if it's okay with Whitney, we'll send you a Mercury Retrograde Survival Guide bookmark as, as the only piece of swag we have right now um, here at yeah. Off the Charts. Okay, you've just, you've just dared me into a challenge. <clears throat> when I relaunched and sold, I ran a special where if you bought a membership to and sold, I would give you a very good discount on an astrology reading. 
So I will put that back up. So if you would like a reading at a discount, and while at the same time knowing that you are supporting this podcast, getting its act really ship shape so that we can go out there and, and make our mission come true, then get in touch. I'll put all that information on the show page. Ensold, E-N-S-O-U-L-E-D dot substack dot com. And you can go there as well for Elizabeth's Mercury Retrograde protection plan. <laughs> Survival guide. Yes. Yeah, well, so thank we'll you very that. much. Th thanks for listening to Off the Charts. Please continue to send us your questions and comments. We love it when you comment publicly, when you're nice to us especially, but we love it when people comment publicly. We've had some on our um, show page as well as on iTunes. Um, but we do get a lot of comments sent to us directly, and so you can keep those up. We really appreciate it. Um, again, it's insold, E-N-S, as in Sam, O-U-L-E-D dot substack dot com. You can also go to graceastrology.com, and you can go to insoldastrology.com. You can find us on iTunes and other podcast platforms. We just hope that you do seriously consider becoming a material supporter for all the reasons that we've just discussed. And please also don't forget to share us with friends and family. Tell all your friends and look up. Look up. Bye for now. Bye-bye.